0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Jonathan, it is forty-one degrees outside. It's November. Well, you are a meteorologist. Okay, we we got we got a guess right now, but but I need you to explain to me what is going on and where's the snow, Jonathan? Are we not living in Minnesota anymore?
2: I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's my meteorological explanation. <laughs>
1: You know what? Al Roker would not be so proud of you right now. I need the clouds. That's I fine. Need Let the, him
2: come here to Minnesota. I
1: need right. I need the the whole meteorological explanation of why this is like what the warmest uh, the, the the Earth has ever been, and what this said twenty years. This is the warmest. No, the, they said the last twelve months on Earth were the hottest ever recorded, ever. Like in the history of ever, uh, forever. Not even forever, but just ever. The last twelve months on Earth have been the hottest. We're feeling that. It's real. What do you call it? Global warming? What do, what do we call that?
2: We now focus on the term climate change. Oh, Climate okay. change.
1: Okay. See, that's what happens when you got a real meteorological person uh, in your midst. And, and speaking of real people in our midst, it is just a pleasure, an absolute delight to welcome Uber Ali to the Shaletta Show. Um, I tell you what, it, I just, I'm I'm tingling. Um, just knowing that she is on the other line because she is the first Somali American on air TV reporter In the Twin Cities. She is working at WCCO TV, our sister station. I'm so proud of Patrick Armijo and and Carrie Patey and and all the management team there for making this possible. This does not happen in a vacuum, this does not happen by accident. It is intentional, and, and we were intentional about getting her on the program today. Welcome so much. This is not going to be your last time here. It is your first time here. But if you were here, I would bow or curtsy or something because you are now Twin Cities Royalty. Oh, my goodness. That is so kind of you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Now, you are back in Minnesota. You spent two years working as a reporter in Milwaukee. Uh, I got some people there over at TMJ4. I wasn't gonna just, you know, name drop anybody, but I just wanna <laughs> let you know my people were telling me that you were great, um, on air reporter, uh, in Wisconsin. And, and, and then you were the first on air to wear your hijab you have just been breaking barriers since you broke into this business and now you are back home to be fabulous where we can watch you every day live on the air and we ain't got to stream you and that is so exciting i'm so happy to be
3: back um those kind words from my former colleagues at tmj4 so near and dear to me Um, Just great people all around. I've been surrounded by amazing, talented journalists um, since I came into this industry. So I'm just very grateful.
1: Okay. And you are not very grateful. You are very worthy of this opportunity um, at CCO Radio. Um, Talk to me because you're going to be working the day shift Tuesday and Wednesday and then the evening shift Thursday through Saturday. I'm an evening assignment reporter woman, so I know that they put their most talented reporters On the evening um, and the weekends, because that's when people are really tuning in uh, to watch the news, especially on Sunday night as they make plans for their family uh, for the week. Um, And you interned at CCO as well as Care 11. But this is a paid. I'm a reporter. This is adulting job. What's, What's it been like for you so far?
3: It has been a whirlwind. First of all, coming home has just been an amazing blessing getting to see my first niece and finally an auntie to let um, grow up. <laughs> grow up and she's my sister's not too far away from me in Richfield so it's just been amazing um everyone has been so kind and welcoming me back it's always been a dream when I interned um, at WCCO so many years ago 2017 um and in the blink of, of an eye I'm back and it's just been wonderful um since I've been
1: and you know you're breaking ground Um, And that's not easy to do, to be the first, right? Because you don't have anybody that you can call. You don't have any, um, you know, Somali-American on-air reporters to call and say, how did you wear your hijab? Because nobody ever did it before you. And I know that was a decision that you had to decide to make. I I talked to some people who know you, and and they said that you kind of went back and forth about whether to to wear it on air when you were interning at CARE 11, and you decided to wear one, um, you know, after, you know, your mentor talked to you about being consistent to people and authentic what what was the decision like
3: you know I knew obviously I was going through my curly hair journey and my curls were popping so it was it was it was really um it was a decision that I I made because I knew I was going to wear my hijab full-time um and I was like you know what why not start now and it's an, always it's um, a work in progress. I'm not perfect. Um, and it's, everyone's journey is different, but I'm very steadfast in my journey. Um, and I love um, the camaraderie between Muslim women when we put on the hijab. It's our crown. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes it's hard to find the exact same shade to go with a certain blouse, but it's always so fun putting together outfits and getting those compliments like yes girl you did that it's it's really really exciting and i have my sister and my mom to help me through it and i'm in the hub of uh when it comes to uh, muslim fashion hijabs caramel mall on lake street i mean the the options are
1: endless so i'm in a great place to continue this journey girl now i have to take a break and tell you about the hijab shack i don't know if you've been over there It's in Maple Grove, but they were one of the winners of Comcast, the Rise Grant. It's a mother and a daughter, and they have all different types of colors and textures and Mm. the thicker fabric for winter, and it is beautiful. So it's on uh, 85th Avenue North in Maple Grove. It's called the Hijab Shack, so write that down. Get over there with your outfits, girl. I promise you they will have you looking (laughs) real spiffy when it's time to look real spiffy and you go on the air. Now, listen, I have to ask you. You know, and I know it's not lost on you that so many young uh, Somali American women are looking up to you. They see you and they see the possibility of what could become for them. When you're doing a story, that's weighty, right? Because you can't just go on the air and just do a story and go off. You know that there are little girls looking up to you, right? Who want to be like you, who see, you know, what could be next for them absolutely and i mean definitely not lost on me
3: everyone is working towards achieving their dreams and i've had a couple of girls that are going to school right now for journalism reach out via twitter and it's been so wholesome to just be like you know when i first got into this it wasn't many um and i always say i don't want to be the first i want to be one of many and it's so exciting to see that there's so many girls that are now deciding to go into this industry and know that this is a space that they can hold Um, So I just cannot wait uh, for the future to see so many hijabis on American TV. I think it's uh, vital and uh, long overdue for sure.
1: And it is beautiful to see. And and I, you know, again, have to go back to Patrick and Carrie and Tracy and you know Frank and Amelia over there and so many uh, of the amazing reporters and photographers and management at WCCO radio. You know, if I had prayed for you to get to a place that I knew you were going to get some support, it would be that newsroom. Talk to me about that support that you're getting there. Oh,
3: incredible. Everyone has been so amazing and welcoming me making me feel comfortable obviously learning new um, software editing software shooting on the camera it's been a work in progress but everyone is always um, so quick to answer my questions, and i 've got a lot of them, believe me, um, and i don 't shy away from asking it, um, them and it 's so nice to be able to interact with Frank and Amelia and Tracy and Carrie was incredible during the entire process in getting me onto the team as well as Patrick, so I am surrounded by a great team. Um, in a great community. So, I mean, win-win all across
1: the board. Now, we got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, you talked about asking questions. And you have one characteristic that your sibling said about you that makes you an amazing journalist. What do they call her? You'll find out next.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I always thought that meant make sure your kids get to church and they'll be, you know, good people for the rest of their lives. But it's really not. It's about understanding and knowing your children's gifts and then steering them in a career Or the direction where they should go. So that when they're older, it'll be what they were designed and meant to do. And they won't depart from it. You don't see Serena Williams out there doing gymnastics. Why? Because when she was just a little girl, single digit age, her father saw a gift. Little Tiger Woods, he not out there swimming with Michael Phelps, is he? He's playing golf. He's been doing that since he was three. His dad had to see something in him. Whether you like it or not. Little Michael Jackson was not in the back of the group playing drums or guitar like Tito or Jermaine or Jackie. He was right up front because his his father saw a, a gifting in him for singing and dancing and entertaining. And I just figured if Richard Williams and Joe Jackson and Earl Woods could figure it out in between them, I don't, I don't know if these, these men ever went to college, but if they can figure out the gifting in their children I ought to be able to do the same. So, so as a mother, I am always looking at my children thinking, now, now what is it that, that he's got? What is it that she's doing? And, and how can I find things after school or programs to put them in that will complement their gifting? And since Uba Ali was, was a young girl, uh, there was one thing that her siblings always called her. One thing, one word that they said about her that equips her for her new historic position as the first Somali-American on-air TV reporter in the Twin Cities, uh, oh, oh, what they call you, girl? <laughs>
3: nosy. I was <laughs> called nosy growing up, and as a little girl, I used to be like, oh, why are you calling me nosy? But now I'm totally accepting of it. I'm
1: nosy. I, You know, that's me. You, I mean, that's just who I am. But the thing is that, you know, as a journalist, as a reporter, that is, you know, that is germane to your craft. You cannot be a reporter and and be satisfied with the answers. You always have to be nosy. You always have to be snooping around. You always have to ask one more question. Talk to me about how you got from nosy to a career in journalism because a lot of times people don't think as of nosy as a gift, but in, in our business, it is definitely an asset. Oh, absolutely. You have to be your, you've got to keep your head on a swivel, your ear to the
3: ground. You're just, you know, to find great stories, you have to be, hear it, you gotta listen from the community, whether that's through social posts, whether that's through you know TikTok, whatever, whatever the case may be. I think for me, I knew I was nosy. I love listening to people tell their stories and I love talking. And I told my, when I was doing my mentorship at John Marshall High School in Rochester, I went to my counselor and I said, this is what I'm good at, what can I do with this? Um, and she was able to reach out and I landed at Mayo Clinic Public Affairs team and i realized okay so the medical jargon goes over my head but i love what they're doing in terms of asking questions getting to the real um story and putting it together so someone can um understand it um and learn from it and that's a job that i take um very seriously um and it's such a rewarding
1: job at the end of the day and you know i um you know i i, I think about you know just growing up as a kid for me um, you know I was always told shut up shut up Shaletta you're talking too much shut up Shaletta mm. and, and it's so funny because you know most of my friends used to just call me shut up because they were like girl every time I'm at your house you know somebody's telling you to shut up and I'm like man if somebody had just said girl keep talking I could be Oprah by now, but, but a lot of times our gifts are what irritate people and being nosy. I'm sure got on your family's nerves, you know, as a young girl growing up, how do you press past, you know, the nosy sibling or the nosy cousin or the nosy little kid. Who's always asking questions and turning that into a career. Because I think for a lot of our young people, th- that's where the disconnect happens. And that's when we turn off the magic. It's when we think that our gifts are not valuable or just because they irritate someone, uh, Uh, we try to dumb it down or, or pull it back. And we don't lean into those giftings um, no matter, you know, how much we get on folks' nerves.
3: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I totally hear that. Um, Honestly, I think the older I've gotten and my siblings, I mean, I'm one of eight. So as you can imagine being called nosy so many times, so many times um, my mom still will let me sit upstairs with the grown folks. And she would let me listen to all the um, uh, stories from back home in Somalia my grandmother was a big storyteller. So um, I was able to press past my siblings saying I was nosy um, and really lean into my um, my gift. I call it my gift to be nosy now. Um, and really, I think my mom and my grandmother letting me you know sit with the big the grown-ups and and listen to their stories i was able to hone in on my skills i think and it's uh, a work in progress every day i'm I'm telling different stories and but i think the empathy and the way i go about telling my stories that's something i uh, hold um, very close to my heart Um, and for me it's giving a platform to people um, and amplifying their voice um, day in and day out when i go into wcco that keeps me going Um, And that nosy girl is now getting paid to do what she loves. So, I mean, it's a win-win.
1: Yes. Now, you know, I know it ain't all sparkles and rainbows. What's been the most challenging thing for you in this new role?
3: Honestly, you know, growing up in Rochester, the only time I'd ever come to Minneapolis is when we would have family events. So really understanding what the Twin Cities have to offer, what the suburbs have to offer, the stories um, from both the cities and the suburbs, bringing that all in. Um, finding places to park. I mean, Minneapolis is so huge, and it's just really, um, you know, just going from place to place and just learning. Driving has been something that, you know, without Siri, I can't survive. So really um, learning the streets, learning all I can mm-hmm. about this, this beautiful city, I think has been the, the biggest um, no, I wouldn't even say problem, but it's a, it's a blessing, and it's something that I'm working on every day. So the goal is to get to work without Siri, um, and we're getting there. So. All right,
1: okay, because sometimes Siri be tripping, girl. She have you at a whole other TV station. You'll be at WCCO <laughs> radio, and the people at TV will be looking for you. I'm like, what is Uber doing here at my desk? She's supposed to be down the street. So yes, yeah, Siri cannot always be trusted. Now you know you've made this major accomplishment. You know, the history books will always have your name in it. Um, What is next for you? Right. Because I know you're always forward thinking. You're always looking ahead. You're always thinking of the next thing. What is the next thing you want to accomplish as you check this major thing off of your list?
3: Oh, goodness. I don't know. And I think that's what makes it so special that right now I'm just living in the moment. It's always been a dream of mine to check this um, off my um, what I call my bucket list. And so right now I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying being an auntie. I'm enjoying being closer to my family. So I'm not really looking too much into the future. I'm enjoying right now. Um, but one thing, I'd love to meet you. I think that's on my future. Yes, I mean, this yes. This has been an
1: incredible conversation. The energy is unmatched. Girl, let me just tell you something. I was at Hell's Kitchen today. I should have had you come with me to Hell's Kitchen, and now I'm at work sleepy. I brought, I ate, and I had my mimosa, and then I brought food for Jonathan, so he's sleepy. I told Lindsay Peterson, you just fire me now, because I'm napping during every commercial break. So we're going to have to get over to Hell's Kitchen, because I had the burrito. It was amazing. Uh, they've got the mimosas, but we're going to have to do it after I get off, girl, because if I do it before, I'm not going to be able to do no three-hour show. So me, you. Hell's Kitchen, downtown Minneapolis, you can walk, I can walk. It's in the middle between radio and TV. So we can we can leave and we can crawl back to our respective stations and get our work done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a day. You let me know and I'm there. All right. Well, congratulations on everything. Please tell your family that we um, are rooting for you. We say happy Thanksgiving. We say God bless them for giving us uh, the gift that is you and we appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much for having me. This has been incredible. Um, As I said, your energy is unmatched. Keep doing you
1: um, and being the queen that you are. All right, girl. We will talk to you soon. And don't go anywhere. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan is joining the show. There's some new initiatives, some stuff going on. I'm not going to be seeing all these news stories without getting somebody on here to explain them to me. And we'll talk to her next. On February 3rd, 2023, we did something historic. Um, We had Black Entrepreneurs Day at the Capitol. My podcasting and promotions company, Shaletta Makes Me Laugh, put it on. Uh, We invited black business owners from across the state to come to the Capitol um, to make their voices heard. We led with light and love, and we talked to our legislators about some of the barriers that keeps our businesses from being successful. And Governor Tim Walls and Lieutenant Peggy Flanagan addressed the crowd and they spoke individually with the business owners. And they made promises that they were going to do their best to help us not just survive, but thrive. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to have Black Entrepreneurs Day again uh, in 2024 on February 16th. Because they're going to have to account for all the promises that they made. Well, Child, uh, uh, Lieutenant and Governor Walls, they did not want to uh, wait until then because they have announced a new $10 million program to support small businesses. And LT is joining me now live on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to tell me all about it. Thank you for being on the Shaletti Show.
4: Thanks so much for having me, Shaletta, and Happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans out there, especially uh, Governor Walsh, who's maybe my favorite veteran. <laughs> is that a
1: favorite, is that, you can't. Not allowed. It, it oh, is because Sean's my favorite veteran, so yeah, we can say that. Yes, we can. We <laughs> there can. you go. And you know, it must be a coincidence because every time we talk, my mama's in town. Last time oh, you were really? on the show, my mama was in town. This time I you were on the show, mama's here. And so I said, Mom, are you coming uh on the show with me? Uh Lieutenant Governor Flanagan is gonna be there. She was like, Oh, is she in the studio? And I said, No, she's gonna be on the phone. She's talking about, Well, I just listened. I said, But she she's not your daughter. I'm I I'm I'm your daughter. You should <laughs> you she <should> won't <wanna> come. <laughs> Well, hi, Mom. <laughs> you sure want to come hear me? Oh, it's okay. I just stream it. No, you just go. I was like, no, this is cold-blooded. So, so <laughs> cold-blooded. But, girl, I just have to thank you for the work that you've been doing to support small businesses. Um, again, you came out to Black Entrepreneurs Day at the Capitol, um, and, and you spoke to those 400-plus African-American founders about how the state of Minnesota was going to help their businesses. And, and now you've got this new program that just launched. Can you talk to me about it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that that opportunity. I think oftentimes people think of the Capitol as a place, oh, it's in St. Paul. I went there on a field trip in third grade. Um, but we need folks from the community to come to the Capitol. It is your house. And I think so often, what it takes is just an invitation. And so, uh, by you having um, that day and inviting folks in, inviting us over to talk to folks uh, it's it's one of the most powerful things that that you can do. so we you know we know that over the last seven months, we have seen steady job and labor force growth. Um, businesses are launching. Uh, like never before, we've made a lot of investments in uh, childcare infrastructure and workforce development um, to ensure that Minnesota is one of the top states in the country to to do business and and uh, find a job. And so, you know, for us, the Opportunity Fund uh, is is in line with with all of that. Um, it's through our Department of Employment and Economic Development, uh, called also called DEED. And so, DEED has a lot of successful programs to help small businesses grow and this is just another tool in the toolbox. So the Expanding Opportunity Fund will provide $10 million to our nonprofit lender partners who will use the funding to provide additional capital to small businesses. And I think the best part is that oftentimes these nonprofits are embedded in their communities. Mm-hmm. They often share the culture and the identity of their borrowers and can focus on serving targeted populations, just meaning you know, they're really well positioned uh, to support entrepreneurs that oftentimes for uh, a lot of historical barriers, um, you know, struggle to get loans. And, and those folks oftentimes include uh, women, people of color, Native folks, um, immigrants, and, and people who, who live in greater Minnesota. So right now, DEED is recruiting um, lenders who want to participate, and we just want to invite people to apply on the, the DEED website.
1: And that's one of the things that I know that people were pulling your ear about at Black Entrepreneurs Day is access to capital, um, lending Mm -hmm. opportunities, um, giving us an opportunity to to build our credit with a a provider, a bank, and we weren't being able to do that. And, And so we were stuck so that if we had a restaurant and the refrigerator went out. You know, we got to put it on a mm-hmm. personal credit card if we got the room. If we had an opportunity to, you know, buy some new equipment um, or, or, you know, had, had a special menu for some restaurants or there was a certain product that came out and it was for a limited time and, and they wanted to get it, they may have to pass that up. And so now this okay. is available. But talk to me about the importance of having it with these community lenders versus the banks because there is a difference.
4: There is a difference. And I think, you know, for... um you know, for myself as a a native woman, I am going to feel more comfortable going to a nonprofit organization where people with similar lived experience, um, you know, are there, understand who I am, where I come from, and that, you know, when we talk about the challenges of starting a small business or getting that access to capital, um, we don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of, you know, this is, Uh, Historically, where my family has been and what has happened, there are people who just get it. And so many of the ideas and the concepts that meet the needs of communities and can be successful come from communities themselves. We don't need sort of a a larger corporation necessarily, um, you know, to come in and, and tell us how to be us. These ideas are right here. And I think that is and there are organizations oftentimes that people are already familiar with they may be there, you know, for community events or a place where folks already feel comfortable versus You know, going into that bank sitting on the other side of that table things feeling a little intimidating um, that that we want people to feel comfortable and know that they can access, you know, these these dollars for the very things that you just named um and for us you know for so many folks it's it could be ten thousand dollars it could be you know twenty thousand dollars it's the the gap between them and having a successful business we should work as hard as we can to help fill those gaps when many of these communities have been underserved and underrepresented uh, you know, in state government, we have an opportunity to 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 pay that back. And, and this is, I think, a down payment towards doing that work.
1: Now, when we start talking about filling the gap, I'm going to pivot here because uh, uh, I just saw something and I thought this was brilliant. A four year degree is not a requirement to apply for a majority of jobs at Minnesota state government. the One of the largest employers in the state. How did this come about?
4: So we heard this, um, you know, as we were traveling the state and I would say we also heard from small business owners, uh, right, the need for this expanding opportunity fund. So we're able to, to get that done. And again, thank you for that opportunity, connecting us with, you know, with more entrepreneurs in the community. Um, but so for this one, we also heard from folks across the state. I know there's a lot of opportunities within the state of Minnesota but I don't have a four year degree, or maybe I have a partial degree. And so we are um, frankly closing the door to folks uh, before we've even been able to, to see if they're potentially a good fit. So um, just over a week ago, uh, the governor signed executive order uh, 2314, which eliminated those four year degree requirements. Um, and because, you know, honestly, there are so many in demand jobs that can be completed without a degree. and You know, a four year degree college degree should not and will not, you know, be the only path for building a career and getting a good paying and family sustaining job. Um, We recognize that there are folks, um, you know, people gain valuable knowledge and skills and experience through a variety of ways, whether it's Uh, apprenticeships or on-the-job training, military training, or through trade schools. And so we want to make sure that every Minnesotan has the freedom to create their own path and have a real opportunity to succeed. Uh, I would also say um, one of the things that we know from, uh, you know, that the data tell us is that Uh, Oftentimes women, if they don't meet 100 percent of the requirements Mm -hmm. on a job posting, Mm -hmm. will not apply. Well, well, surely Um, will not.
1: Yes, we will not. We don't like that rejection. (laughs) And we are (laughs) looking for a reason not to do it. Oh, girl, they need a whole degree. You know, I'm too credit short. I'm I'm not even going to apply because I don't want to get turned down. Yeah,
4: exactly. Versus, you know. Our, uh, our brothers, uh, men are a little more confident when they see, uh, those job postings and, and requirements. And, and I appreciate that level of confidence. And, um, we need to make sure that we are expanding a pool, uh, because I think we are, you know, we're missing out on, on some great folks who have, really important lived experience and skills who should absolutely be a part of, of state government. So, you know, right now, 17 out of every 20 jobs in local government now only require an associate's degree. Um, so this is, again, we're putting out the call. We have a lot of positions to, you know, to hire for in state government and we think that there are Minnesotans who are, are ready to to fill them.
1: Well, I just can't thank you enough for the work you're doing to level the playing fields um, so that, all Minnesotans have an opportunity to have access to capital, resources, opportunities uh, for their families so that they can live um, better lives. Now, I know you got to go. I know you're busy. But before you leave, what's your Thanksgiving's plans? You're going to do something special. You're staying in state. You're going out of state. Family coming in. What's happening?
4: And so we, uh, we just, uh, we bought a new home what? recently. Uh, yeah. So I'm slowly but surely, we are increasing the, the number of native homeowners in Minnesota. And so um, we just, uh, we just moved in a couple months ago. And so this will be the first uh, Thanksgiving that my family uh, will celebrate in our new home. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'll do, I'll do a little cooking. Shaletta, I have a lot of skills. Uh, you know, making a turkey. It may not be one of them. Me so either, I'll keep you. I'll keep you posted. <laughs>
1: You know, Javi Javi has cooked turkeys. Don't even tell nobody I told you. Because the folks at Almanac uh, asked me to bring turkeys this year um, to our annual Thanksgiving dinner. And I said, well, sure, of course. Yeah, put me down for two turkeys. And I turned around and called Javi and was like, have me two turkeys ready for Friday at 5 o'clock. I'm coming to pick them up. And I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going to bring my roasting pans and I'm going to put the turkeys in my roasting pans. And I'm going to take them up there to to, uh, Almanac at TPT Studio. And I'm not going to say anything to anybody. They will think that I made them, so that's that's my trick. Perfect. The high V. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I appreciate
4: it. You know, as long as people are fed, it's it's, uh, it's you know, all it's, it's all good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: all good. Well, congratulations on the new house. That is so exciting. Oh my goodness. That is just amazing. I'm so happy for y'all. Now, wait, now are you one that when you get the house, you unbox everything all at once? Are are you doing it in layers and levels? How's that, how's that unpacking going?
4: So we have done the majority of the unpacking. Um, I'm going to be really honest with you and tell you, uh, where to put all of my clothes and shoes is our biggest challenge mm. in uh, in this moment. <laughs> so, true <laughs> confession uh, to you and to all your your listeners, I could use a little extra uh, closet space. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident that when we switch once we switch over the summer clothes and the winter clothes, yeah. that I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, but we are now in the process of figuring out where we're you know gonna hang up artwork and, uh, all those types of things. And, um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's really wonderful to, to be here and our kiddo is so excited. She's got a bigger room, um, you know, a basement for sleepovers. And so we are just, uh, we're thrilled and, um, you know, and I think especially, uh, being a homeowner, um, And in this role as lieutenant governor just feel a real responsibility to continue to do this work to make sure that um, more Minnesotans have the opportunity to, to also buy a home.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Thanksgiving in your first new house. Baby girl got a bigger room. And you know, the kids ain't getting no smaller. We got to have That's more right. room because they're going to get more <laughs> friends. And these kids are just, that you know, they're, they're, they're bigger than us and they're, they're, they're multiplying at night. And then we look up and there's four kids at the house and we're like, where'd these kids come from? And that, that basement is going to be a game changer. Oh my God, they're going to love that. They're going to love that.
4: That's right. That's right. I want to be the house where kids hang out so oh. i think we're we're on our way
1: well congratulations god bless you we love you and we will talk soon happy thanksgiving
4: thank you happy thanksgiving say hi to your mom for me
1: i will and you all stick around we've got more to come it is 153 it is a chaletta show on news talk 830 wccl radio your good neighbor station now jonathan i know your mama probably told you my mama told me i'm sure don't get in the car with strangers and don't let strangers into your car. So I was down at the hen house this morning, Jonathan, um, getting ready to have breakfast with Sonia Goins. We made time, said we were going to get here at 1030 and have breakfast. We got out of our cars, got to the hen house, and they told us an hour and 15 minute wait. That's, 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 that's what they told us.
2: Sounds typical for uh, Hen House on the weekends.
1: Oh, my goodness. So I said, Sonia, I got a whole radio show I got to do, and, and I can't be hungry. Otherwise, I'm going to be cranky with Jonathan and my guest. I don't want to be in a bad mood on the air. So let's get in the car and go a couple of blocks over to Hell's Kitchen. She said, okay. So we got to Hell's Kitchen, and and and, and, and we got um, in. But, but before we went to Hell's Kitchen, Jonathan, uh, there was a couple behind us, and they said, well, how long is the wait? At the hen house. And, and we said it's an hour and, and, and 15 to 30 minutes. And they said, oh, well, where are you guys going? Because we're not from Minnesota. We were just here last night for the Billy Joel, Stephen Nicks concert. And we were just trying to find some breakfast before our flight.
2: And by the way, downtown was packed for that because I was down here working last night with Henry Lake. And, and it, it was bananas. It was crawling with people. It
1: was bananas. I love it. I love it. And, and so so uh, I guess all those people spent the night downtown and they all tried to go to the hen house. And so I said, well, we're going over to Hell's Kitchen. And he said, well, where is that? I said, you know, I, 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 it's around the corner, around the block. Won't you and your lady friend just get in the car with me? And I'll take y'all over there. And so this man that I don't know, I still don't know his name, Jonathan, him and his lady friend got in the car with me and Sonya Goins, and they sat in the back. And, and I'm going to just say coincidentally, I just watched some video of how you can escape if somebody tries to put some rope around your neck and they in the back seat. So I tried to sit as I was driving, you know, with my back up so that if they tried to strangle me, um, they really couldn't get me. I, I, I know I probably, that was not the smartest thing I've ever done, is it? No, probably not.
2: I just see an episode of Dateline <laughs> just just floating through my head or 48 hours one mm, of the two of just just floating mm-hmm. you know oh she was such a nice unsuspecting lady yes. and and that was her downfall and then here comes the creepy music in <laughs>
1: And that's how you know I'm dead at the beginning because they're just showing pictures and video.
2: To talk about the Billy Joel killers.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, they They go, they go, they
2: go from site to site, go to concert to concert, and they see unsuspecting people the next day. Oh, can we get to breakfast through your car? And Keith Morrison's voice comes in, a creepy voice of Keith Morrison. And then Billy On Joe your- got
1: to release a statement because he don't want to be a part of the story. Yes. So Billy Joe will say, yes. you know, how, how sad he is and how he's going to set up a fund for my kids and no, stuff. No, he's just so going to say gonna the,
2: tour is, the tour is canceled. <laughs> this was your last chance to see me live in person. And it's over now. It's over. Thanks to these people.
1: Oh. And they got in the car and we went to Hell's Kitchen and they were finna, you know, sit at a different table. I was like, why don't you just come and join me and Sony?" So we got a table for four. We sat there. We ate. I surprised them and treated. We had mimosas. I got a to-go box for you. We listened to the band. We had a great time. And then they got back in the car and I drove them back over to the hotel.
2: Again, (laughs) Dateline is the first trip over. 48 48 hours is the trip back. The village old
1: killers. We got more to come on the Shaletti show. Y'all stick around.